This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Kind of funny, I was um, listening to your XM show this morning. Um, my wife came in with a question. I pushed pause, did something for about 20, 30 minutes, came back, pushed unpause. And you say, beat Chris List 3 is uh, out there. Because, of course, uh, I would, you know, past me would have got upset at you. But I've accepted who Chris List is. And he just is not going to tell me, even though I asked you to tell me a, a warning. Uh, uh, I debate, I debated it for a second, you know. But really, I'm only in um, 12 teamers. It's, it's yours and Jeff's. That's it. So even though I don't think it's ideal, it's going to be in between a couple main events going from 12 and 15 is tough. Um, I immediately run to sign up. I'm like, I got to do it. It's Friday afternoon. It's fine. I got nothing else planned. Um, I sign up. Then I notice, I'm like, who else is in the league? And I notice there are like 14 people signed up. So something's clearly wrong, like it, obviously. And then I'm waiting for the email and I get it from Tom. He's like, sorry, you know, you, you signed up too late. You were like, whatever, number 13 or 14. Do you want to transfer the league? I'm like, no, just give me the money back, whatever, no big deal. Then he's like, well, let me try to do this. Anyway, long story short, a bunch of hurdles, like even because it was my third one, I got a discount. He had me try to sign up for one, and that didn't work. I'm like, I got to go work on some videos for Yahoo. This might not be meant to be. Uh, Kessinich made it happen, and somehow, I don't know if he booted someone else from the league, but uh, I am in the beat Chris list three uh, with about uh, an hour's worth of work to get in there. <laughs> nice. Not to see your no, no, not giving me any head. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. that, that it's funny because I I didn't even know that it filled so fast, right? So I checked like this is maybe two hours ago. I checked because I had the show and then I had dinner, and I, I'll go into what happened at dinner. But I was like, oh shit, Dalton's in it. Oh yeah, right. I should have told Dalton about it. I totally forgot. But the reason I forgot is because I wasn't going to do a third one. Uh, I did my main event, and I felt like, you know what? This is a low amount of leagues. I have six leagues. It's perfect. I feel like I drafted the team I really wanted to draft in the main event, and I can, we'll get into that. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, I could do a third one, but it's just like yet another thing. Like, it's just be content. And you know when you used to play fantasy sports, when you had one or two leagues, and those were your leagues, and like, it was everything. You didn't have like all these outs, like, oh, I've got five more leagues, so if these guys suck, then I'll just have to, you know, focus on the leagues that are doing well. And now that, you know, we have so many leagues, it's like, it, it kind of loses the, even though you love drafting, each one gets a little bit diluted, because it's one of so many. So, anyway, uh, I was going to just end it, and then Jeff's like, no, nah, man, you're in the groove. You, you, you're drafting your guys. You're jumping ADP. You should definitely do another one. And he was basically saying I was a nutless monkey if I didn't do another one. And I was like, you know what? He's right. I'm in the groove. I feel good about it. Maybe I'll do one more. So I just decided it was this morning, like when I woke up Wednesday morning, my time, 
before anybody in the U.S. And I emailed Greg and I'm like, and we don't even normally get three, right? We usually get one and then he just gives us more because he likes us and we promote it. I'm like, if you're up for it, I'll do another uh, Beat Chris list on Friday. And he wrote back to me. He's like, yep, yeah, we sold out the main event, but we have a couple more uh, online. So sure, yeah, absolutely. And so I just decided this morning. So you would have been asleep anyway. And then I could have emailed you or texted you and said, heads up, Greg's setting up this link, but I just didn't even think of it. And then literally, I only found out that it was A, full, that B, I got the third spot, which I didn't even know. I didn't change my KDS. And then C, that you were in it. And I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, Dalton's in it. I was like, how did you get wind of it? So obviously you were listening to the show. Yeah, and like I said, it was, if I wouldn't have just pushed pause you know, five <laughs> seconds earlier, there would have been not a headache either for me and Tom. Tom, right. but thanks again to Tom Kessnick for, for, for hooking it up. Tom's and, the man. Uh, Hits yeah, it up. So I'm glad. Ha- happen to be listening, though. Often I listen to your XM show, but quite frequently it's much later. So it, it is nice that that worked out. And um, I want, for one, I have Kirby Yates and uh, Trevor Bauer, Mr. Spin Rate, on my uh, Beat Chris list one. So that's that's one thing that irritated me and got me a little oh, you have Yates. To, uh, to, to get after it one more time. Yeah. Ah, yeah. dead yeah. money. Kirby Yates and. and yeah, that's that's, yeah, un- that's yeah, very that unfortunate. Uh, I'm very sorry to hear that, Dalton. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure you are. Um, so yeah, you you did a main event. I'm signed up for a few. The two that have the two that I'm have already have my leaked, and I, I happen to have a Toby Batflip Crazy in both of them, and he's like the pocket aces guy. So that's like literally might be the one person I don't want is a guy I know who's picking like the same exact strategy as me, including one pick in front of me. In tomorrow nights, and a, a, a real man would listener Andrew uh, chimed in, and I'm apparently he's in the same main event league. So, looking forward to listening to talk about that. But let's talk about yours first. List, how'd it go? Yeah, I felt that went pretty well. I, you know, I had the fifth pick, and I was fine with that. I, I sort of knew in advance what was going to happen. I knew I wasn't getting Degrom, uh, who I was hoping to get, and okay, fine. And then I, I figured it would be. I, I thought Cole would be gone too, probably. And I, I don't really like Cole. Like the more I think about it. Even before this whole, you know, issue with baseball trying to shut down the the pine tar or whatever they're using to increase spin rate, I sort of I don't really like Cole. I have him in the beat Chris list against you, and I don't love that pick anymore. But I knew I'd get Soto or Betts, and I took Soto, and then I I totally mapped it out like each round. There's a, a pretty good thing. I think it's kind of easier to do it this way. But the NFBC now, I don't know if you ever seen, they have an ADP tool where it's you know color coded like a grid, so it shows like the ADP, but by grid. Have you seen that? I don't think so. No, I use their ADP all the time. I, I don't know about this color-coded grid. No. Yeah, so it's a, it's a grid. And what's cool about that is that you can basically you, – you can have it lay out like a draft. Like a dra- it's a draft board basically, but it's the ADP draft board. And you can obviously set the date for like the last few days so it's, you know, it's current. So you can – it's just visual. It's just easier to do. So you see, okay, well, I'm picking fifth. So obviously Soto is probably going to be there or bets. I'll take one of those. So I did. On the way back, I'm like, all right, which pitchers are there? Well, it's Kershaw and Flaherty. Those are the pitchers that come back. You can see it. I, I was like, it's going to be one of those two in round two. I don't like the hitters that much there. And so I like, agonized over it. And then I, I was looking at the bats, projections. I was looking at some other things. Even though I don't really care about projections, at the top, they're a little more valuable the first couple rounds. And I was like, all right, I'm going Flaherty. I'm going Flaherty. I've decided. And then round three, it's like Glasnauer, Snell, whoever's left. And those guys were like late round three. And then round four, I was like, okay, I hope Bregman comes to me. But if not, I'll take Gleyber Torres. He usually is there. And I had all these alternatives. Like I went through it like round by round, which guys I want. And even if they were like a round and a half later, I was like, okay, here's to guarantee that I get this guy. You know, I just mapped it out. And I knew what their min picks were. And I was like, this is 
what I have to do to get the guy I want. So, of course, I get Soto. Round two comes. Flaherty gets snagged two picks before me. So I take Kershaw, my backup. And then in round three, uh, Sean Childs is drafting second. He's won. I don't know if he's won the overall, but he's like a Hall of Famer. He's a good player, and he, he's a very aggressive player. He takes Glass now at 3.2, which is like you know a round ahead of where he's going, or at least half a round. Mm-hmm. And then the guy at 3.3 takes Woodruff, and the guy at 3.4 is Heberleg. And I'm like, oh, man, he's going to take Snell, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And the next pitcher was Gallon, but I wasn't going to take Gallon anyway before the injury. So... I'm like, man, I really hope he doesn't take Snell because then, I, I, you know, you've mapped this thing out. You've got guys that are half around behind where you're drafting, two of them, Snell and Glass now. And you're like, look, I'm, I'm not even, you know, I'm cool with either of them. And, and then Heverling takes Vlad Guerrero. And then, of course, I get Snell. So I was like, OK, good. Way back, I missed Bregman by one pick. But Glaber Torres, What no would problem. you have done? What would you have done? I don't know. I might have taken Kyle Tucker. Maybe Kyle Tucker. I wouldn't have taken a pitcher. I wasn't going to force the pitcher. Like, I, I wanted two pitchers. But I wasn't going to – you know what I mean? Like I wanted the guys I wanted more than the strategy I wanted. Sure, sure. All right. So next. Okay. So I get Glaber Torres. But that was you know, ideally going to be my fifth round pick. But I had to take him in four. It was the guy I wanted. Round five comes up. And I'm like, all right, Moncada goes like mid-six. Well, I pick late six. Okay, Moncada. I'm just taking him. That's the guy I want. Most upside. Steals. Good lineup. Whatever. He hit 315 in 2019. I'm taking him. All right, well, round six is coming up. And I look, and Victor Robles is the guy i got to have. And I, I, took, I took Soto because I, instead of bets, because I was like, I can get steals. I love Robles. And he's going like some point in the eighth round, like early eighth, late seventh sometimes. And I'm like, well, I pick again at 7-5. So who am I going to take? I'll take Robles at 7-5. Late six, who am I going to take? And I start looking at it, and Luke Voigt is there and a couple other guys. And I'm like, you know what? Who would I be most mad that if it's 7-5, he wasn't there? It's Robles. I'll be so pissed if he's not there. So what am I doing? I can't, I can't hope that he's there in 7-5. I take him at 6-11. Okay, I take him. So round seven. That's a great way of framing it. That's a good way of framing it, by the way. I, I've done that. I just haven't really like kind of vocalized it that way. But that is what I do internally. I'm like, who would I be the most upset about here? If they're not around next, it's a good way of turning. Yeah, it was just like, well, this is the guy that, you know, if he's not there, I'm going to be like so mad at myself for letting it go. And so, okay, so seven, Buxton goes one pick before me. I didn't know if I was going to take him. I didn't know who I was going to take him because I was jumping guys left and right at this point. So I was like really, you know, like, okay. (laughs) I have no problem with that. And I heard Rudy Rudy jumped Victor Robles once he saw you did, right? Everybody started doing it. The next two drafts, like they're like, "Uh uh-oh, this guy might go. You know, it was like, it was just enough evidence that somebody might take him. And then everybody who was secretly waiting on him around ADP realized if I want him, I got to do this. Uh, and so, and you know, so somebody else might've done it. You know, I think, I don't know if someone would have, but Sean Childs, if he wanted him, would have taken him at seven two. I'm sure he would have. I don't know if that's the guy he wanted, but I'm saying if he wanted him, he wasn't going to wait around for ADP. So, so I feel good about that. And then seven, five, you know, a guy takes Buxton ahead of me. It was Haberling, I think. And I'm like, who do I want? You know? And I, I mapped it out a bit, and I was like, I wanted Stanton, but I was like, I think Stanton will still be there. And I kind of wanted Otani also. And I was like, if I take Stanton, I can't take Otani. You see why that is, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's, there are a lot of interesting DHs, even Fran Mill, and I like Otani, um, and obviously Jordan. Yeah, that's a, and, and it's, yeah, it, there are a lot of, lot of DH only. Right. And so but if you take one of those DHs, you really can't take Otani because – that, you can't. Yeah, you can't. I mean, Stanton gets hurt a lot, but then you wouldn't draft Stanton if you think he's going to, you know, you're, you're taking him because, you know, you want to, yeah. you want him to stay healthy. And so there's no, so I was like, all right. 
So I'll wait another round. So I just took Trent Grisham, who is a little banged up, but I was like, he would be like a fifth rounder. I was like, I'm like set in steals now with Robles and Grisham and Soto steals a bit and Monk. I'm like, this is good. I'm, I'm in good shape. Fine. I'll take Grisham. And then Stanton was still there in round eight. And I almost took Matt Olson. I was like, you know what? Olsen's mashing. He, he's going to hit like 240, 250. He's not Joey Gallo. He could, he could lead the majors in home runs. Uh, and so I was like, I'll take Stanton, though. That's the guy I wanted. And then Olsen is still there in 9-5, which was really late for him. Took him. And now the draft's just going amazing. I'm like, this is, this is like perfect. I need some pitching, but I get Matt Chapman around 10. I get Corbin at 11. I take Gavin Lux because who knows when he's going. I, I looked at the min pick. It was probably like 15, 20 picks ahead of the min pick. But I'm like, this is it. And then I took Holland, my closer. Then I made a mistake. Richard Rodriguez... He may not close, and that was a stupid pick. I should have played chicken a little longer. I should have taken David Price. That was the one mistake I made. And I take Sean Manea, who I – Velocity's up, like him. Gallegos, who I think might close all year. Boyd, who's a guy I like. And then I took Bobby Witt. And right when I took him in the draft room, Davis Maddock was, uh, was on one of the other teams. He's like, dude, they just sent him down. I'm like, really? Just now? And it was like 10 minutes before I drafted him. I hadn't looked. That's okay. You know, 18th round pick. I – if I knew he was sent down, I probably so, would have waited, but it is what it is. I, um, I actually was uh, listening to a, like a pod uh, put on in the background the other night um, with him and Sammy Reed, uh, Davis Maddock, and they were just doing the main event, and I just happened to listen to it. And then I didn't even realize that you were in that. So I was listening to them disparage your picks uh, constantly. You know, they, they actually did praise some of yours. But who else was in that? M- Mike the Mouth was in that too, right? Yeah, Mike was in it. Uh, and you know, he, he took, I didn't really look at his team. He's always so much more focused on my team. But I saw he took Darvish which, with the first pick, which was a good pick. I really like Darvish. And I, I actually have Darvish ahead of Cole now. I think Darvish is the SP2, in my opinion. So, a couple more thoughts. A couple more thoughts. I, I'm on board with the jumping of Robles and Luck. So I think it go crazy. That might be the kiss of death for you, but I, I like that. And um, I was ready to give you a really hard time because I did hear that you took my 65th ranked reliever in the 14th round when I heard you took uh, Richard Rodriguez. Um, but actually, after looking more into it, I've actually come around to a different conclusion, and it's maybe not as insane. Because I, if you read the quotes, and that's why I had him so low, yeah. because I just heard that apparently sooner than you, you know, whatever the 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 fud with him, and that really it kind of seems more like conjecture is what it, it like the beat writer thinks that the manager thinks that way. It wasn't really a quote. And looking deeper in his projections, they're actually kind of good. So that might not be the worst. So whatever, like I, I yeah, I probably well, didn't need to go there as soon as the news came. But well, I didn't. I didn't know. I thought he was the. Guy. I thought he's presumably the guy. And you're right. I read the quote. It was like a beat writer paraphrasing the manager, who wasn't even saying he's not the closer. He was just saying he's more suited for the seventh and eighth. But they don't have an actual closer. I don't know. It was, but it was bad to read that the day after I took him in the 14th round. And Price, I could use one more pitcher, and Price would have been perfect there. But it is what it is. And then Gallegos, I, I think he's going to close. And then I took Bobby Witt, so they all, they mocked me a little bit. But I said, and then I said, you know, hey, they sent down Mike Trout too his rookie year. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just think like I don't know why I didn't even know who Bobby Witt was a week ago. And then he's getting hyped. And then I took him for ten dollars in tout. And then I just doubled down. I, I think one thing that people are missing, and may not be Bobby Witt, it may be Kalenic, or it might be uh, maybe um, what's his name, Wander Franco, or whoever, is that. Last year happened, but we just don't know what happened. So, you know, I, I think it was like Larry Schechter was talking shit on Twitter. He, he yeah. was uh, subtweeting yeah. me, being like, who the hell could pay $10 for a guy who just played in rookie ball? I'm like, 
He played rookie ball in 2019. So we don't have the double A stats from 2020, but he was playing double A against double A players in the alternate site and triple A players and you know borderline major leaguers. And so we just don't have a, a nice set of stats to evaluate. But that doesn't that's not the same thing as it's now 2020 and he's just come off of his stint at rookie ball. He's had a whole year to develop. So I think there's a lot gonna be a lot of surprise development that we didn't get to see. But it, that happened, you know, behind closed doors, basically. Yeah, that's a great point. It's it, yeah, it's, it's a lot of blind faith. But uh, yes, those the development in some it had have happened, uh, even if it was at a lesser degree. Man, it looks like it gets ugly the final eight rounds of these fifteen teamers. Well done, Ian Kennedy. You might have picked yourself up a closer there. Nice. Yeah, that was good. I was, I was pissed because the day before in labor, I knew he's going to be the closer because this is before Leclerc was even hurt. That that you know, it's the only reason I got him that late. I, I there was one in, in Tout Wars. We were down to like you know dollar bids. You know when it becomes a draft and an auction, there was only one guy who had the hammer. Ryan Bloomfield had three bucks left, and it's my turn to throw. Everybody else has a buck, right? So he's got one guy he can outbid. And I go Kennedy for a buck, and he goes three or whatever. And so I'm like, God uh, damn yeah. it! Like you know, if someone and you know sometimes when you're the guy with the hammer, it's not even like you have a guy in mind. You just wait till you hear something you like, and then you pounce, right? Because Totally. And, and you know, uh, it was super annoying. And I, I was like, this guy's definitely going to close. He's, a, he's closed before. He's a veteran. Leclerc sucks. Before Leclerc was hurt. But I'll tell you a guy I've been getting and that I really like, although I shouldn't tell you this because you're in my league, but whatever. Ahmed Rosario. I got him in the 24th. I think this guy's going to start in center field and he's going to hit like 18 home runs and steal 25 bases for the Indians. Yeah, I grabbed that guy in multiple leagues last year. He burned me pretty yeah. bad. But, yeah, he was definitely thought of highly not that long ago. And um, I guess it was a disaster early on in center. But, who? I mean, maybe they failed to let him play out there. Um, sure, yeah, a year ago, I know people, he's really young. I know he's young still. Um, decent park. So, yeah, yeah, I've heard you talk about him. Um, but, yeah, no, looks like it's a solid draft. And uh, so this is your, your only main event? My only main event. You're done? One more? I, I'm done with the main yeah, event. I just, I just, yeah, my, yeah, two days from now, the beat Chris List. And then the other thing is, I got your guy, Bumgarner, who I'm back in on. I didn't want any part of him last year because he was like a ninth or tenth round pick. And, his, and he was not even that good. You know, he was terrible on the road and he was changing parks. But his velocity is back up to 90, 91 this spring. He was 88.4 last summer. And this guy is he's a, he's a champion. This guy's a competitor. He's a beast. And he's tinkering with different things. I don't know, man. I always bet on the, and he's only thirty-one years old, by the way, Bumgarner. Yeah, no. Hey, I love him, and I hope you're right. The velocity uh, does seem to be creeping back up, and I hope it. I hope it stays that way. I love the guy, man. Yeah, one of my favorite baseball players of all time. Uh, so let's talk about the spin rate real quick. What What do you do with this? I mean, as someone who has Bauer and going all in on pitchers, this is kind of scary to hear right before the, the the season. But have you have you heard that they did the same exact thing last year? Like I could send you columns. And it's unclear the date was 2020 or 2021. So I guess the difference this year is they might be actually testing the baseball balls and in, inserting some videos. Or maybe that came out and then the pandemic hit and then they stopped. But all these similar articles came out as far as invoking this rule 6.02 Chris Young was going to. Um, but I don't know. What, uh, what do you make of this? So I don't like Bauer. And I don't like Cole. I don't like – I wouldn't like Verlander if he were healthy. I think those Astros pitchers were doing something, right? Their spin rate increased. Everything increased. Obviously, that's what they were doing. Now it makes perfect sense. Garrett Cole last year on the Yankees, he was like – obviously, it's something on his cap. And there's a guy who did a video. There's one. Of, there's yeah. a couple of guys, you know, that like really do a good job tracking stuff. 
I don't know. I forget the guy's handle, but he's a popular guy on Twitter. Um, and he was like showing how yeah. Cole just kept going to his John hat. Boy, Jim Boy or something. One of them, it might have been him. It might have been him as one of those guys. But and it was just like, yeah, he's obviously doing this. And you look at the spin rate and and the, all these metrics that have really skyrocketed for just the Astros. And you know, then they're cheating on the you know, banging the thing with stealing the signs. I mean, it just seems like Charlie Morton all of a sudden became an ace after leaving the Astros. I have some shares of him too, but. It, those guys, you know, maybe, maybe they won't enforce it or maybe it's not as big a deal or something, but I'd be very sketched by them. I, I would. I love Darvish. I love DeGrom, obviously. I think he's the no-brainer 1.1. I don't think he gets even close. And, you know, and then you can pick, take your pick between the, the Walker Buehlers and the, you know, and the Lucas Giolitos, but... I, you know, and we don't know. I don't know if there's some other guys. You know, Jeff and I were talking about. It. He's like, you know, it's not like we know that Griffey and Jeter didn't do roids. You know, we don't think they did, but they could have. We just assume they weren't. So this might hurt people that we have no idea were using the the pine tar to, to help right. increase their spin rate. Yeah, I know Bauer. I mean, he's obviously said how easy it would be, and he's even outlined the differences as like opposing slugging versus the spin rates. Uh, he and he's. Uh, Increased it like 400 RPMs uh, between innings. Um, so, yeah, he's the scariest one. And he's estimated that 70% of the pitchers are. Um, and, and that's part of what have always been my counter. And people are like, oh, he's been shaky in the past. And I've been like, well, I think he's a completely different pitcher now. I mean, look at his spin rate. He led the league last year. He never did that. But now, so this is an issue. So I don't know. I don't know. But I happen to have the 10th pick in the my main event, first main event, and your league. So You're not going to take Bauer anymore, though. You might have taken yeah, Bauer, but you're not. Yeah. Take Darvish. Yeah, that's a I mean, real thing. So, I've also read it's hard to – yeah, I like Darvish. Uh, it's hard to um, – to a, like you're gonna have to you can easily appeal this so it's gonna be really hard to enforce and it may come down to like some like scapegoat the trainers or something so i don't know as far as the like the the union backing them so i, I don't know if this is gonna maybe just be much ado about nothing but yeah it's enough to definitely i, I don't know it's looking for a tie break between you and him then i guess I, this is one right here I, I just don't like this uncertainty but i guess you can use it to your advantage because you can say okay if a lot of the pitchers are going to fall off then Maybe grab – well, I mean you don't know which one to grab. But I would – if you can get DeGrom early or if you're in an auction, take him. Uh, other, take Kershaw. He's been around forever. But just don't don't spend up on those pitchers and maybe take a lot of hitting. And, and there may be a – it may level the playing field a bit. Yeah, because the worry is they maybe are trying to enforce this more to counter the dead and ball. You know, they're, they're worried that strikeouts and low scoring is boring, um, you know, especially with NBA, all the uh, – surveys coming out and everyone the fans love the high scoring so could be a real thing uh which i don't love if someone is going pitching heavy uh, have this news 10 days for the season starts but um all right that's a lot of sports talk um you uh what else is going on i have to say real quick that deshaun watson is just it's absolutely insane that he went from one of the five most valuable athletes uh uh you know on the trade market uh playing quarterback to Having twenty four accusers and uh, twenty four now lawsuits and oh sixteen lawsuits yeah, twenty four accusers sixteen yeah. lawsuits and being possibly you know a question mark of being in the league I mean I I really cannot think this is not being talked about enough and absolutely insane I know what are you going to say and it's gross and all that but I mean this is shocking what happened in a in a week it is really crazy and I was just changing projections because I'm doing the projections for football and I was like I moved him down to like seventh or eighth. Among QBs, I had him third behind only Mahomes and Josh Allen. And now he's like eighth 
because, you know, quarterback, it's like, well, why not take a shot? Who knows? But you're right. You know, usually, you know, if it's Ben Roethlisberger, well, that was a different era. People get in trouble for stuff. But even, you know, in past eras, if the player was good enough or important enough, they, they made it go away. They did something. And if the player was sort of marginal, they, you know, throw the book at him. But I don't, and obviously Watson's one of the most important players in football. He's one of the best players in the league. But I don't know how you make something like this go away. I don't, I don't see the NFL having any choice if, if these allegations turn out to be credible. And it's hard. I mean, again, I don't think we should do trial by Twitter, trial by podcast. And there's got to be evidence brought and people hear the evidence. But assuming this evidence is good and, and persuasive, I don't see, you're right. I don't see how he plays. I don't see how they can let me, he may go to jail. I, well, I don't know if this is not, any of this stuff was, it's all civil suits right now, right? It's not, there's no prosecution going on, right? Yeah, but that absolutely could be the next step. I mean, I mean, they are in contact with that. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's obviously the victims are, are of the, the, the most importance, but can, can you imagine like say the Niners traded two first round picks and Nick Bosa and then this news came out five days later? What would the NFL do? I mean, what what would happen? I don't know. It's well, I don't know. I mean, it's unprecedented. It, it, I mean, I've it's, never seen anything like. Well, we've seen someone on the trade block. Well, I mean, Roethlisberger, right? It happened. He was accused credibly of sexual assault, and he wasn't trade block though when it happened. No, like, it wasn't a trade block. Like the teams were, yeah. yeah. But it was in a, on a day yeah. where the NFL it wasn't really held accountable that much. I think they gave him a very short suspension, yeah. and then that was it. And but this day and age and the amount of people that have come forth, I don't know, man. It might be. It's bad. No, it's yeah. No, it's bad, dude. It it is not good. But again, like, let's not just presume he did this either. I mean, let's just say, like, it's a hell of a coincidence that all these people are coming forward. If he didn't do it. But we shouldn't be the finder of fact about this. We're just hearing news reports and there will be people who are exposed to actual evidence and, you know, exposed is probably not the best choice of word, presented with actual evidence and they'll decide. And if they decide that that's credible, then I think, I don't know. Does he, is it like a one-year suspension? Is it like a permanent ban? I mean, you're talking about pretty, you know, this is not like, if the evidence is credible, then how do they walk this back? How does he come back from this? Yeah, no, it, no, I don't think you do. It's super serious. Um, yeah, but um, <clears throat> let's move on. Too much sports uh, list. What a uh, Bitcoin kind of hit a little dip here right before hit and record. But um, well, hopefully, uh, buy the dip. But um, Tesla is the news. Buy they just announced today you can uh, you can buy Tesla with Bitcoin. Um, thoughts? Well, there's two things. One is uh, Tesla's running their own node, so they're not. And secondly, they're not taking your Bitcoin for the Tesla and then selling it for cash. They're just keeping it in Bitcoin. They're right. just adding it to their treasury. Yeah. So this is real all in. It's not like, oh, a gimmick for marketing purposes. This is like, no, we're, we're, we're willing to take inventory of, of the Bitcoin like as part of, and we're building and shelling out expenses for the cars in fiat. So this is, this is pretty interesting. Every, every time someone buys one in Bitcoin, Tesla's essentially buying Bitcoin. I mean, that's what they're doing, right? They're, they're selling the, the cost of fiat to build the car. They keep adding more Bitcoin every time someone does it. So I think that's interesting. Uh, Goldman Sachs uh, applied for an ETF. I, I read it wasn't a real ETF. They're like piggybacking on uh, Kathy Wood's ARK Invest somehow, like access to that, which has Bitcoin. So, but they're doing that. And then Fidelity 
uh, seems to have filed for a legit ETF for Bitcoin. So this is all extremely bullish. Uh, Ray Dalio, though, the billionaire, says he thinks the government's going to make it illegal soon. So this is a weird backdrop. Oh, really? Like Goldman Sachs and Fidelity are filing for ETFs, and yet it's going to be made illegal? It's just, it's just kind of strange. And the price, actually, as we record, is below 53000 for the first time in more than a week. So who knows what's moving the prices back and forth, but I don't really – this FUD doesn't scare me. It doesn't really move the needle for me. Yeah, the ETFs all seem very bullish. It's seemingly a different different news on that. It is somewhat confusing, though. But yeah, and the Ray Dalio, I saw him not only say it, but getting headlines. So um, yeah, yeah, he's been fudding it for a while, though, right? I mean, nonstop at the same. same well, time. I mean, there's uh, some forces who are you know making you know we went through the whole environmental stuff last week, and you know it's been a relentless fud from different corners. And so if Ray Dalio says something like that, it's going to get retweeted and blown up by all the people who want it to fail. Right. But Right. I don't, I, it doesn't really, there's other things. They're trying to pass the FATF, some horrible international banking settlement association that's trying to influence the country's central banks to be more restrictive on peer to peer currencies. And they want basically all of your transactions to be exposed and have a total panopticon of uh, a digital dollar where, you know, all your payments are completely monitorable because it's like a blockchain, but with dollars that the Fed watches, which sounds like a dystopian nightmare. I, I, I think none of that's going to work. Um, I probably told the story before and I tweeted about it, but when I was like in my, I guess probably was about 30, um, a friend of mine worked for PayPal and we were using, Rotowire was, was free and then the economy crashed and we started to go pay. And I had him and he got like some guy who worked for him to set us up with PayPal to take payments for Rotowire for the first time. And we we're set it up and we're like, wow, PayPal is really cool. Like people forget before PayPal, if I wanted to send you 50 yeah. bucks, I had to like mail you a check and you had to go to your bank. It was a real pain in the ass. Like PayPal Someone was like- Someone who ran a bunch of pools and fantasy leagues. Believe me, I'm aware. It was, yes, it's game changer. So I was using this and I was getting it set up for Rotowire. And I was like, this is like pretty, it's pretty game changing this thing. So the IPO was coming up and I was like, dude, can, you know, my friend worked there as a lawyer there. And I said, can I, can you get me in on the IPO? And he said, yeah, I can get you in. How much I'd like, I think I had like five grand extra that I could put in the IPO. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I can get that in for you. And then we went out for drinks with a friend of his from Stanford and we we're all having drinks and whatever. And I was like talking to it. I was like, yeah, I want to buy some PayPal and it's going public. And the banker friend was like, oh no, no, don't, don't do that, dude. That's a mistake. I'm like, why? He's like, the banks are going to move in and take that business over so quickly. Like they're, just, they're starting this, but as soon as the banks see it, like they're just going to develop their own and no one's going to use PayPal. And right now, PayPal's market cap is bigger than all but two banks, JP Morgan and, uh, and Bank of America. There's only two bigger market cap than PayPal. Of course, the banks didn't. Wow. Uh, they were not able to co-opt it. And, and I think it's the same thing. People are like, oh, the central bank digital currency is going to just swamp Bitcoin. But no, it never happens like that. And I think that's most big companies or most big organizations. The government can't even build a high-speed train from L.A. to San Francisco. They built like, you know, 20 miles of that in the middle of the desert. It's $6 billion over. They're going to set up a, a, a digital currency that actually works and outcompetes Bitcoin? No way. Of course not. And, and really, nobody really wants to. They want to because, like, the people want them to. But, like, it's not 
the religious lifeblood of freedom that's driving the, the building of Bitcoin. It's like a bunch of bureaucrats saying, yeah, we want control, so we want to build this and we'll pay some engineers to do it. It's just, how, how is that ever going to compete? It's never going to compete. I'm, not, I'm just, most of the stuff I'm not too worried about. That train would have been sweet going right through the Central Valley here. I could have been in Vegas and L.A. just oh. so quickly. Um, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous um, like how corrupt and inept our society has become. We, we literally cannot do it. Like there's, there's no way to get through the graft and the self-dealing. Like the money just gets apportioned to political people. who Like, like Gavin Newsom is the governor of California. Like that guy's not qualified to govern. He's just not, obviously, but he's just – Politically, he has the right beliefs and like he just somehow – they put these people in positions that they should not be in, that they're, they're not leaders. They don't know how to get stuff done. They've never managed anything competently and yet these are the people in charge and of course nothing gets done. Of course we can't build anything and then people are like, oh, yeah, you're going to compete with like a trillion-dollar open source network that people believe in as their religion – and no, you're not going to outcompete that. I don't know. I don't know what that. What I don't even see the case for it. No, I hear you. I hear you. Hope you're right. Um, and the Tesla thing does seem like kind of a big deal. Um, by the way, I know you love when I pseudo name drop. Like when my Kentucky Derby buddy was in the Kentucky Derby winner's circle, and you made fun of me. Um, my the, the CEO before Elon is actually my buddy's dad. Um, he's been no, I, my fantasy football league since 1998. The guy right before Elon at a Tesla. Um, that's all I got, Liz. What, what, uh, what, what, you saying something about, you said you were going to talk about something that you had dinner or something? Oh yeah. I just, so we, uh, we get oysters like once a week and we get 24 because they're only a dollar an oyster, you're an oyster, but they're nine bucks to deliver. So to get 12, you're like paying double, but if you get 24, it's like more cost efficient to deliver them. But you know, they, if you want to keep them for a couple of days, you got to like put them all on separate ice packs and it's a real pain in the ass. You got to get all this ice and put them in the fridge on ice for a long time. So we usually just eat them there. But last time, uh, there were only 21 oysters, not 24. You know how I am with that kind of thing. So I told Heather, I said, you know, they they shorted us three oysters last week. So she told the guy, who's very nice, and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry about that. It's because in Portugal, they do it by weight. You know, he's French, I think. I don't know, maybe he's not. But he said, you know, they don't do it by count. So, yeah, you should have got 24, but they just probably just calculated the weight somewhere bigger, I guess. He's like, but you know what? I'm going to give you 12 of our best ones since you're such a loyal customer. And Heather, uh, not thinking it through, said, oh, great. Thanks a lot. And so she ordered the same two dozen, and then they gave us the 12 extras. So we had three dozen oysters. Mm. And so it's Sasha, Heather, and me. That's it, right? So I shucked three dozen oysters. I had seven for lunch. I gave Heather three. And then I had 16 at dinner or something. And then Sasha had like <laughs> six, and Heather had like four. I know. We ate all 36 oysters at dinner. So... Was, uh, nice, nice. That's a lot of shucking. It's a lot of shucking. It's just a lot of oysters. I mean, I love oysters, but yeah. you know, you eat like twenty-five oysters. Oh, they're in a good day. for you, though. That's good. Oh, they're That's really good. good. You do. You. I, I've asked. I've asked you before. You got to go with the fresh horseradish, though. You got to go with those. I, I. You're right. I don't know where I to get horseradish here. We just use lemon and cocktail in this hot Mexican sauce, and it's really good. But they're they're excellent oysters. But there was uh, took a lot of work. Um, anything else going on? How's the, the list fam? Things are good. Uh, I'll give you an update on the property. So they got the document. They got the document. That's good. But it was not, it turns out, notarized ever. It was just a private agreement that was filed. And because it was not notarized, then what they have to do is they have to issue the deed to us and then publish it for 30 days. And if nobody objects, 
then our lawyer said it's safe. Like if, if 30 days nobody says anything after it's published, plus they have this private agreement, then the ex-wife can't like try to come after us. So we gotta wait another month because they gotta publish that and then it's gotta be out in public for a month with no claims. And then if that happens, we're gonna get it. But we might have ended up getting another one uh, nearby because we just like saw this other thing. So we're going a little crazy here. And so that's just a whole other thing that we don't even know what the hell we're doing. But I feel, I really feel like, and I could be wrong. And again, you and I are just two dudes who lose money in the super contest every year. But I feel like inflation's coming. And a lot of the guys I follow are tweeting out little snippets of like lumber just went up this much. And, you know, electronics are harder to come by. And gas. I know gas. Gas is going up. Okay, gas. Okay, so that's another one. And and people have said, oh, you know, food is going up. And some guy whose dad runs a coffee shop said, you know, that some of their costs are going up. So I feel like inflation's coming. It's obvious. There's another three trillion dollar bill on the way after the one point nine trillion one. It's just it's going to happen, I think. And so when there's inflation, you want to have loans because if I borrow a million dollars, and we're not borrowing that much, but you borrow a million bucks, and then the dollar is worth half as much as it is, that million that you owe is really like only owing 500,000. But you've already bought the house with it, which is now worth twice what you bought it because of inflation. It's worth the same, obviously, in real terms relative to other goods, but it's worth twice as much in the dollars that you owe. So inflation means you want to have loans in the inflating currency. And, and also you don't want to have a lot of cash lying around. So if you have any extra cash... You want to convert it to an asset pretty quickly. So we're sort of like, oh, I hope we can get this money from the bank in time to buy some of this stuff. Now, again, I could be wrong, but I feel like you know, there's, there's signs of it bubbling up and there's a huge reason for it. They're spending all this money. You know, I'm believing it. Now, again, there's, there's a possibility of deflation because of COVID hangover and the economy being sluggish and all of that. But I don't know, man. It, it just seems like you don't really want to... I'd be kind of nervous to have too much money in cash right now. So, and you're just in a, in a waiting pattern, holding pattern right now still. Nothing you can do? Well, no, we're, we're trying to buy this other place and we're trying to buy this place. Yeah, this month. I mean, this, unless like inflation happens fast, which it will, if, if it does, it happens fast. It happens, you know, they say it happens gradually then all at once. But like you see it kind of moving. And then as soon as everybody decides, see what happens is hmm. little signs of inflation trickle in and people are like, yeah, I think food's getting a little more expensive or gas is getting a little more expensive. And then that starts to become common knowledge. And then when that becomes common knowledge, people start to be like, It's too oh, late. No, well, no, well, people start to be like, I better get rid of this cash and buy some property, right? Now, what if everybody starts thinking that? Well, property is going to get inflate right away. Uh-oh, property's out of reach. I better buy something with this cash. But then everything gets out of reach. Like, so it, it, as soon as like the tipping point happens where it becomes common knowledge that there's inflation, then inflation really takes off. So it starts right. slowly at first. Like you would. If everyone thought like you are right now, the land would go up. All the land would go up. It would go up because they'd all be desperately trying to, you know, get something that, you know, has value irrespective of the principal currency. So, again, I have been wrong about so many macroeconomic things. I made tons of stupid mistakes. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying this is what I think. And so it's making me want to just like act quickly. Yeah, no, I hear you. And that, that all makes sense to me. And from, yeah, we've been saying inflation for a while, and that makes sense as far as it'll just suddenly be here. Um, and uh, like I said, I've heard some things as far as people concerned about gas prices and definitely food. Food, for sure. I've actually seen a lot of people talking about that as well, even like grocery, grocery store stuff. Um, uh, what else? What else got going on? 
Not much. I'm just really into baseball, man. I'm just like really. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I, I, you know, we're into other shit. We're into Bitcoin. We're into thinking about the world and what's going on around us. And I feel like people are too narrow sometimes. Like they only want to talk about this one. Oh, you should only talk about your job or whatever. And I think most people have, you know, a wide interest in how am I going to preserve my money? How am I going to take care of my health? How, you know, the basic important things in life. But I have to say, like in March, baseball draft season, I am about as obsessed as I can be. I'm checking the news every second. Eloy Jimenez just got hurt, and I have my one team. You know, I'm like, I'm dodging bullets left and right. I don't have Zach Gallon. I don't have Kirby Yates. I didn't, you know, donkey into those picks like you did. But, you know, the music, it always like, you get, the music stops and you're not in a chair at some point. Like where it's, you know, I have Eloy in one league, but it's going to happen to one of my main guys eventually. And I'm going to be, you know, it always happens. You think you're dodging it, but you never get away with it. Yeah. That was uh, brutal listening to the Matic team draft gallon after I'd known he had been, uh, he'd been done for. They took him in the third. What was, when was your draft Saturday? It was Sunday. And, and so they, uh, they went Turner Mondesi, which is terrible in the yeah. NFC, but, but there is a little bit of genius to it. Let's say Mondesi just has the breakout year where he hits 30 home runs and steals 50 bags and it's 285. Just as a monster. And let's say Turner lives up to his, you know, he hits 25 home runs and bats 315 with 120 runs. Nobody's going to have those two guys. Like, let's say they're like player one and player four on the board, like a, a hitter on the end of the year. They're the only team that's going to have that combination. Right. So yeah, in a way, you know, and they're going to win overall steals, too. That's the thing. Right. Win, but that's not win, a big win. deal because somebody's going to get 80, 90 percent of it. And so you, like you're paying so much for that little tail at the, at the top. But, right. yeah, they will win steals. I mean, they might win it anyway. But the point is that that because it's a unique combination, the thing that nobody would right. do is some, it's, it's kind of smart in a way. I, I mean, I don't I wouldn't do it. But if if those guys just. You know, hit for enough power. There's nothing wrong with having extra steals. It's just that you're taking at the expense of other things. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you though. I'm super into baseball right now. It's, uh, my March Madness bracket was busted. Oh, me had four Big Ten teams in the final four, <laughs> and uh, Illinois winning it all. Yeah, me too. Horrible. I, uh, I think you did too. Yes. Yeah. Did my, you and one of, did, you I and lo- one of the person in our bracket. Cool. I, I rallied right away. What? I looked at the your, your standings, and I'm in like third to last. But my ceiling is by far the lowest. Like I can't even get – I have like one team – you know, I have like Gonzaga left, which yeah. everybody has. It's, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. First, Ohio State lost. Right? I had Ohio State in the Final Four. And I was like, man, I got fucked by Anal Roberts. You know, I can't believe it. But then uh, – <laughs> oh, then I was so pissed at myself because I'm like donating to your stupid pool. Why would I spend money, 50 bucks, on a college hoops pool? But I should have just done some weird shit and made like, you know, Michigan or Baylor the winner because nobody's going to do that shit. Everyone's talking about Illinois. Oh, no. Yeah, but there's only 15 people in our pool, so you yeah. don't want to get like two. You want to do that in a bigger pool. By the way, I'm in third right now, but I have by far the second fewest points right. uh, possible. You have 68. I only have 75. Yeah, right. mine's just nearly as bad, so it's brutal. Yeah, it's almost like we didn't watch 30 seconds. Of <laughs> no, but, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. The, 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 the thing about it is, no, no, but I was going to say like, you know, Baylor, they were one seed. Like if I have them winning, it's not like that outlandish. It was just like nobody was picking them. They were all picking you know, the more, the, the chalky one seeds. I want to say one more thing before we break, before we get out of here. And maybe you have other stuff, but uh, I, I started to put together my portfolio, like the guys I have the most of, and I don't think I've ever, and this is dangerous, I don't think I've ever done more than I have this year consolidated, you know, the opposite of diversification. Like I have the same guys in every league. 
I have Glaber Torres in like four leagues out of six. Uh, maybe five leagues out of six. Five leagues out of six, I think. No, I couldn't get him in the keeper league, or and I didn't get him in the first. Four leagues out of six. You know, all my, you know, and beat Chrysalis one, beat Chrysalis two, the main event, and tout. I have Matt Boyd in five out of six leagues. I have Gavin Lux in every single league except the keeper league, which he was kept, and in tout wars because he's in the NL. All the NFPCs, I have Gavin Lux. I have the same few guys on every team. If if they're great, I'm going to have an amazing year. If they're, if they're bad, it's going to be a horrible year. Yeah, I just really can't see myself being like, I'm going to pass up this guy because I have too many. I mean, maybe if it's like in the first round, if it's a lot in an extreme situation. But what I'm trying to say is I'm with you. Just draft your guys and worry about don't, – don't worry about that. I mean, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to diversify. Although in an overall contest, I guess maybe it makes sense that you probably should because – um, I, I did that quite a bit in my football this year, and it didn't didn't work out. So, uh, you know, I guess it's just if you have a good year, it's extra good. And if you don't, then it, it's not going to be great. So beat Chris List one, by the way. We did that so long ago. There are some, like, crazy good guys yes, in the sir. wires. Yeah. Like the first fab on, on Sunday night is going to be one of the more interesting ones I've ever been in because of that. Like, I, I don't really remember. The, the, there are guys that are going, like, in the top ten rounds now, I think, available. So that, that should be interesting. Yeah, if you're drafting, moral of that, if you're drafting in January or early February, don't even worry about closers because there'll be five to pick up for week one. Like, don't even, don't even get, uh, <laughs> seriously, don't even get, don't even worry about yeah. it. You got anything else before we yeah. uh, sign off? Uh, nope, that's all I got for you. Um, too busy studying baseball to watch many other things. So, other than I, I said, I'm going to recommend Promising Young Woman until you put it in the podcast. All right, I, I keep I forgetting. Went out of my check, and you you did not do it. So, once again, recommending Promising Young Woman. But um, nope, that's all I got. Looking forward to beat Chris List three on Friday. A uh, few hurdles to to get in there, but uh, looking forward to drafting against you one final time. All right, man. Good luck. We'll I'll see you in the draft room on Friday. Good times. Literalist. Right.